You know, the Bible says when there were 5,000 people that came up to the mountain to listen to Jesus, he calls his disciples and says, where shall we bring food for these people? And the, and the Bible tells us that he already knew what he would do. Jesus lived on a different plane altogether. <clears throat> and whatever Jesus did is a possibility for us. Because he said, even as the Father sent me, so send I you. And he said, greater things you shall do. God has enabled us to walk in that realm. But don't you ever forget, there is an enemy that does not want you to enter into that realm. There is a battle that is going on. You see, most of the time we're working on how to make more money, how to be, get a better name, how to become famous. And that's where the devil, you know, the enemy wants us to focus. But the Lord said, if you will seek my kingdom and my righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. Remember, <clears throat> the Bible promises us, or the Lord promises that he will prosper us. Beloved, above all, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. But can I tell you something? Even the devil can make you rich. So don't ever measure a person's spirituality based on wealth he possesses. If you read the book of Revelation in chapter 18, it talks about Babylon, that great city that made the merchants rich. That means there is a transaction that takes place between the devil and man where the devil offers to make you rich and famous. But in exchange, he's after something. He came to Jesus, and he began to negotiate. He said, Jesus, fall down. Look at all the riches I have. Look at all the glory that is in this world. That has been given to me, which I will give to you. All I want you to do is surrender to me. I want your soul. Many people are selling their souls to live a life of luxury or to amass wealth. Let me tell you, at the people say at every level there is another devil, right? Let me tell you what that means. Every time you climb up on the ladder, the devil calls you onto a negotiation table. He's always negotiating. That's why when we sell ourselves to Jesus or commit ourselves to the Lord, there should be no turning back. Amen. And when we're moving in that direction, sometimes it may seem like God is not answering our prayer. And it may seem like whatever we have even the little we have is being depleted. And many get discouraged. Listen, we have heard testimonies of people that said, 
I was doing well until I ac accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now that I've come to Jesus, everything has gone bust. Don't be surprised. That's what the devil does. He wants you to be discouraged in your walk with God. He wants to show to you that Jesus is not true, that the true blesser is the devil himself. But in exchange, he wants your soul. So we have to be careful. That's why we're learning this truth, the power of thanksgiving. No matter where I find myself, this I know, God has not forgotten me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with me. Even though I walk through the waters that are deep, and it may seem like I'm going to sink and die, I know God is with me. Hallelujah. When the whale, or whatever that big monster was, that swallowed Jonah. Do you know something? Jonah was not alive in the belly of the fish. He went to hell. Read your Bible. And from hell he cried out to God. Thank you, Jesus. We need to know... No matter where, God is with us. Right now, your health may not be the best. Right now, you may have major health challenges. Or you may be going through a very difficult patch financially. Or you might be facing a very difficult situation in your workplace. Or your business is not doing well. Things are not going the way you planned and you thought and you desired and you prayed for. Everything is going Opposite to everything you desired. Yet know something. God has not forgotten you. Amen. He is with me at all times. He has never left us. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake. The reason I can thank God is not based on what I'm experiencing right now. But the reason is I know he cannot lie. Amen. He cannot lie and still be God. And if he said, I will be with you and I will never forsake you, that means he will stay to his word, true to his word. Everything in me is recoiling. Everything in me is saying, forget this God. How long will you have this integrity? That's what the, the, the wife of Job said. How long will you be this way? Why don't you curse God? You said, you foolish women. If I die, I die, but my integrity will stay in, in line. If I lose everything, it's okay. If I have to die, it's okay. If I have to go through the horrible pit, it's okay. Because I know God is with me. Amen. And I also know there's only a period of time that I live on this planet. But for eternity, I will be with God. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, when I know, this is why our faith has to be established in what God has said. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, my plans for you are for good and not for evil. Do you believe it? That's the question. If you do, stop complaining, stop questioning, stop doubting, and begin to thank the Lord in the midst of that pain. You, do you think it was comfortable for Paul and Silas in the prison where all the rats were running? It was stinking. 
and their feet were in fetters and their backs were bleeding. Do you think it was comfortable? But they knew God was with them. They knew that God is a prayer answering God. So in the midst of that pain, what did they do? They didn't complain. They praised God and they prayed, not silently but loudly, that all the prisoners could hear them. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm telling you, this is a very, very powerful principle. No matter what happens, you will just thank the Lord. You applied for a job and you got rejected. I will thank the Lord. Because I don't know. God knows the end from the beginning. Right now, it may seem like a defeat. But I know something better is in store for me. That's my faith based on what God declared in His Word. I tried something because they said, this is the best that can happen to you. And they said, if you have to get into this somehow, and I did my best, I invested my time, I prepared myself, I invested money, but I went broke. I thank the Lord in the midst of that. Put up that scripture from Habakkuk, please. Last chapter, last few verses. Glory to God. The book of Habakkuk. Quickly. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Are you there? Okay. All right. Although, read with me, please. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Come on. Come on. Come on. Next verse. Thank you, Jesus. Yet, hallelujah, yet I will rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is a decision, child of God. This is not based on your mood, how you woke up that morning. This is not based on your feelings. This is not based on what others are saying. This is based on my faith in the Lord and what He said about me. So He says, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He never said I will complain and take my complaint unto God. He never said I will question God. Lord, what has happened? I have been tithing. I've been sowing according to the direction you've given me. Why am I bust now? Why am I struggling? Why don't, I have, why don't I have bread on the table? Why am I not able to send my children to school? Why am I not able to take care of the basic minimal, you know, the basic needs of the family? Why? Why? No, Lord, even though there is no bread. And the pantry is dry. There is no money in the bank and there's nothing in my wallet. Lord, yet will I praise you. I have no job. I don't know what to do tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going to get food for my children. I don't know if I can send them to school next year. I don't know. But Lord, in the midst of this, I know you are my salvation. You are my only God. And so in the midst of that, I will give thanks unto you, Lord. Let's read it again. Verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom. Listen. He's planted the fig tree. He's watered the fig trees. It is season for the figs to bear. But the fig tree is not bearing. You've done everything you know in your strength. You've done everything that you know in the right way. And you're waiting for the harvest of figs. The season has come. 
but the tree is barren. Why? I don't know. But this I know. My God is still with me. I desired something to happen at this particular moment in time. I desired, I planned, I wanted it to happen by this day. I wanted it to happen this year. I wanted a breakthrough. I prayed, I fasted, I sowed. Nothing happened. Will you begin to question the integrity of God? Will you begin to question His word? Will you begin to question His love? Isn't that what most people do? That's why they destroy their destiny. What are we supposed to do? Look at it again. When the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine. My God. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. That means everything is gone bust. There is nothing he can lean upon except God. What he thought could support him in the dry spell. What he thought that he could lean on, like your bank account, your fixed deposits, all are gone. Do you know what happened in, when the war broke out? In Ukraine, they took over everything. You could not go to the bank and get your money. Did you know that? They took over everything. Because the government needs it. They're fighting for your, for your safety, your protection. Your hard-earned money of 60 years of labor, which you thought could be your strength in the day of trouble, was taken in a moment. You don't know what's going to happen. Never trust riches. Never trust what, the, what man can do for you. It is better to trust in God than in princes, says the word of God. Hallelujah. In a moment of time, everything can turn to vapor. The only thing that you can stand upon and wait in patience and knowing that it will work out well is God. Nothing worked out. And this man says, I will not sell my soul to the devil. I will not sell my soul to the devil. In the midst of this loss, in the midst of this pain of losing everything and not having a future because all my future was in the fruit that the figs would bring, the vine would bring, the herds would bring, everything is gone. A man came running. He said, Job, all your camels are dead. And before he could register, Job, all your sheep are gone. Before he could register that, something else. All in a moment of time, he lost everything. And worst of all, he lost his kids. And yet he said, I will not curse God. Church, we are being prepared for a season. I'm telling you this is prophetic. We are being prepared for a season. Don't think everything is going to go well. Everything is changing. It may not be apparent to the eye as of now. 
But behind your back, something is happening. And all of a sudden, you'll be caught in this. And then you will not know which way to go. If you're not strong and established in your faith in the Lord. That's why I said pray. There is famine. What can I do? Nothing is surviving. But the word comes. And the prophet says, go make me a cake first. Strategy. Divine strategy. God had already planned for the protection of that woman and her child and for the prophet. Why? Because God said, I've already prepared somebody to take care of you. Is that right? Yes. He hasn't forgotten that widow. He hasn't forgotten his prophet. But the prophet did not have anything in his pocket, nor in the bank account. And when he walks into this city or this town, he sees a widow. You would not think God would prepare a widow to take care of you. Because God is not depending on a man. It's his power that creates the wealth. That provides for you. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So I'm encouraging you. Listen to me, my friend. My plans for you are for good and not for evil. But when you walk through this life, because God knows the end from the beginning, and he has a destiny in mind, and he's a picture about you as to what and where you should end, and, where, and what you should become, and how you should be a blessing to the nations of the world, he will go, let you go through situations in life. If he promotes you immediately, you will fail. Because you're not yet ready to occupy that position. You may pass your exam. So many people, so many young people, right, are preparing for civils, they say. Civils. They want to become an IAS officer, IPS officer, whatever. Okay, great. So what do they do? They prepare. They study hard. They study hard. And they pass their written exam. Then they go for the viva. And they, they pass through that. Are you immediately given a position? No. You're not prepared. You have the potential, but you don't have the caliber. You have the potential, but you're not ready to occupy that office. So when a prophetic word comes, God is saying, you have the potential to become that man. You have the potential to become the prime minister. You have the potential to become the prophet. You have the potential to, to be a pastor of a large church. You have the potential to be a very successful businessman. You have the potential, but you're not yet ready. That's what we see in the life of Joseph as well as in the life of David. A young lad who's watching over his sheep, his father's sheep, not his own sheep, singing songs and making merry unto the Lord. Oh, his world is nothing but a forest and sheep and wild animals. Whether he loved hunting or not, he killed things. He killed lions and bears. His companions were wild animals. His companions were sheep. He was enjoying the presence of God. But in that, he was showing forth his character to God. That when a wild beast came to take one of the sheep, he laid down his life to kill it. When you look at it, 
What's the value of a, of a sheep compared to the life of this young man? Yet he was willing to lay down his life for that sheep. Why? Because he felt responsible to his father. He realized how much the father has trusted him to take care of the sheep. And what God was watching, not his father. And God said, if you can take care of this sheep, I know you can take care of my sheep. My people. So he sends a prophet. And the prophet pours oil and says, you're the next king. You, Saul is being replaced by you. A prophetic word. What is a prophetic word? A prophetic word is a declaration of your potential. A prophetic word is a declaration of your potential. It doesn't mean you have arrived. You know, when you receive such a word, how excited would you be? Wow, I'm going to be the next king of this nation? Wow, praise God. And the next thing that David knows is all hell breaks loose. He's a great musician, not just because he's skillful, but he can, he can pull down the presence of God. All musicians, listen to me. That should be the dream of your life. Not just so that you're, you can be featured on a, on a secular magazine saying that you are so and so and you play this so well. No, you should be known for pulling the presence of God down. You should be the one that knows how to create the presence of God and create the atmosphere for people to enter in. Because when, when Saul was being tormented by the devil, they looked around the entire nation to see one man, for one man who could play skillfully. And they said, there's this young man. When he sat down to play his harp, the devils could not stay. Why? His, his heart, not just his hands, his heart and his hands played music in such a way that God could not resist. His presence came. And when the presence came, the devils had to flee. He was not doing anything harmful or hurtful for Saul. When Saul sent him out to wage war, he would come back with victory. He would come back with the enemy in, in chains. And they began to sing songs about David. Because he was a victorious commander. He was a good man. He was a man who was handsome. He was a man full of skill. And above all, he was anointed. And when he was anointed, that caused jealousy to rise. And a few times, Saul tried to pin him to the wall through with his javelin. What did David do to deserve that? He had to run for his life. Why, God, have you abandoned him? You anointed him as king. God, you said, I will have the largest business in this particular line of business. Here I am, I am, I'm trying to do, and everything is going bust. All the investment I put in has gone into the drain. Lord, am I really called to be in business? Yeah, but don't try to do it in your own strength and wisdom. Wait. Wait. He runs for his life. And where does he end up? In a cave called Adullam. 
And God said, you will be a king, right? The anointing upon David did not attract good people, skillful people, knowledgeable people. All those that were being hunted by the government ended with David, who were evading taxes, who had problems with the government. All those kind of what we would call garbage ended up with David. Look at this, Lord. I mean, you can't wrap your mind around this, but you have to see the hand of God behind all this. That which was called scum by the society, that which was regarded as nothing ended up with what? David. But look at his leadership skills. He turned several of them into giant killers. Why? He was a giant killer. You cannot impart something to someone that is not in you. You cannot impart something to someone that is not in you. You cannot make somebody a giant killer unless you are a giant killer. So I wrote down something. I said, the way to the palace is through the cave of Adullam and wilderness. You cannot get to the palace without going into the cave. You cannot get to the palace and be successful if you don't go through the wilderness. So when you're going through the wilderness, don't lose sight of the palace that is destined for you. Amen? What did, my question is this, what did David do to deserve this? And watch this. At least on a couple of occasions, God provided him, listen to me, God provided him with, an, with the opportunity to kill Saul. It was within his reach. He could have pinned them to the ground and left without nobody knowing. Is that right? But what did he do? I will not promote myself. Let him promote me, he said. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush. You may not come out with the right character to hold that position. Let him. In his time, he makes all things beautiful. If you rush it, you may actually destroy your destiny. If you rush it, you may actually cause problems to, your, to yourself. And there are several things you've got to learn. On the way and on the path that your God is taking you, when there is so much pain and harassment and, and heartache, don't let bitterness creep into your heart. Saul was hunting one little person. Just a few hundred people with him. And Saul was coming with thousands against him. And you know what? When he had the opportunity to pin him to the ground, he came away. And then he said, my father, my father. And he woke Saul up. And the Bible says this. He bowed down and 
honored Saul. How can you honor somebody that is trying to kill you? Living a life of thanksgiving. This is the power of thanksgiving. When you are so sure that your life is in the hands of God and no enemy can stop you and no enemy can destroy your destiny and nothing can stop you. Yes, at the moment it may seem like it's never going to happen, but I don't trust my moment. I don't trust my circumstances. I trust my God who gave me a word and he cannot fail. So I'm going to stand on his word and I can still bow down and honor the man that is hurting me. The path to the palace is not an easy walk. It's filled with thorns. It's filled with ditches. It's filled with heartache. It's filled with pain. It's filled with blood. There is sacrifice involved. But while you're sacrificing, that's why the Bible says, give him the sacrifice of what does that mean? When you don't feel like it, I praise Him. When my heart is aching and I don't have a clue why this is happening and why this should happen to me, when I'm being so good and I'm being so gracious and I'm being so helpful, why should this be my case? And yet you will say, Lord, I will give you the sacrifice of praise. When I open my mouth, I will only thank you. I will not question you. When that becomes my heart, when I and I begin to thank Him, not mechanically, but from the depths of my being. I've done everything I know, Lord. I've tried my best. I have prayed. I have sown seed. I've done everything I know. Yet, there is no breakthrough. Don't give up. Continue to pray in the Holy Ghost. Continue to thank Him. Continue. Stay put. God cannot lie. The only thing that keeps me going is the truth that God said He cannot lie. And He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Jesus. I wrote something else. I said, the path... To the palace is through the prison. The path to the palace is through the prison. It was in the prison that, was, that Joseph was located. It doesn't take time for God to promote you. What delays the promotion is my character development. Not God. If I'm not developed in my attitude, if I'm not developed in my character to hold the position that God wants me to hold, my promotion will be withheld. Because if I get there, I will destroy myself. The prosperity of a fool will... Come on, tell me. Will what? God in His mercy is not prospering many of you. I don't think you wanted to hear that. 
But that's the truth of the matter. Many people are not prospering because it will destroy you. That's not God's best for you. But if you gave you too much money, you will, not, you will forget church. You get a job and you forget a church. And you earn how much? 50,000? What if he gave you 5 lakhs? Goodbye, Lord. I'll see you in heaven. It's destroying your life. Always remember, your priorities in life will determine how you behave. So whether you're making 500 rupees a month or 5 million a month, you will give God the first place. When that heart is set right before the Lord and He can trust you, then promotion will come automatically. An increase will show up. But if He can see signs of pride... If he can see signs of negligence concerning the things of God, when he can see signs of you, 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 you know, wanting to enjoy life, which is called enjoy with inverted commas, enjoy in the, you know, how the world enjoys. If that becomes your priority, it's going to destroy your destiny. So God says, hold it. I love him too much to have it much. So, if you want promotion, you want increase, don't just sow, sow money like a machine. See, sowing money into the bucket is not a slot machine. It's not gambling. It's not a get quick, a rich, a get rich quick scheme. No. It's a principle. We give because we love God. We, we give because we know God is the one that protects us. God is the one that provides for us. God is the one that not only gives us money, but protects us and keeps us safe and makes us secure in life and helps us to be blessed, to be a blessing. So out of that joy and remembering that God is number one in my life, I sow my seed and I return my tithe and I say, thank you, Father. And when he sees the consistency of my heart, he says, I will reward you. You're not doing a business deal with God. God is not a businessman to do business deals with you and I. He's a God. He's a father. See, you know, you laughed at me when I said, God will keep the prosperity away from somebody that will destroy his destiny. L listen, any responsible father today, as much as he loves his kid, and let's say he owns a beautiful, nice Mercedes. His son is 10 years old. Out of his love, will he give him the keys to drive that? Because he'll destroy the car in himself. What is, what is stopping the father from giving him that? Tell me. What is it? It's louder. Say it again. Love is stopping you from being prosperous. Amen? So please understand. I don't know how much time I have. Okay. Wow, that's good. 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well, you know. <laughs> I haven't even touched my notes this morning. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I just want to encourage you not to become negligent, not to become people who are always complaining and murmuring. I have, I mean, I, I did not teach you in a, in a kind of a systematic manner today, but I, I'm sure you got something this morning. You know, murmuring does not please God. Let me show you one scripture and we can close there. One, let me take you there, please. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. 
Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, please. And I said, and I wrote down this, nothing reduces a man as complaining does. Nothing reduces a man as complaining does. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Murmuring did not attract God's help or God's presence. Murmuring attracted the destroyer. Complaining attracts the destroyer. Stop complaining and stop murmuring. Complaining and murmuring attract destruction. Numbers chapter 11 verse 1. Numbers chapter 11 verse 1. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. What? Read that word again. I thought we wanted to please God. We cannot please God if you're questioning Him and complaining and murmuring and thinking all this has befallen me because God doesn't love me. Where is your love, God? Where is your protection? Why did this happen? Why did one of my relatives die because of COVID? Why did this happen, God? Lord, I thought you would care. You, you care for us. I thought you would protect. Yes, you thought it didn't work. Yet praise Him. Why? Because I don't know what happened. But this I know. God cannot lie. Why did we lose? Why could we not sell it? I did everything. I did, you know, I, I contacted everybody that I know. I put it up on the market. Nobody wants to buy it. Yet I will praise you, Lord. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled. Whoa. Don't fall into the hands of an angry God. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. When the fire of God came, what happened? There are two kinds of fires that can come. One fire is the Holy Ghost fire. That is when God is pleased with us. God wants to empower us. God wants to draw us closer. But the other fire is the one that can destroy. Our attitude, our reactions, our character determines how we will move forward. Remember, thanksgiving is a key. Thanksgiving is powerful. From today, let God help us to give thanks no matter what we're facing in life. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're learning. I mean, I wanted to show you something from Joseph's life. Maybe next week we can do that. I wanted to show you some more about Joseph's life because I'm trying to build something in you. I don't want to give you a teaching. Okay, do this, number one, number two, number three. Just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. No, I want to show you how this works and how it worked in the lives of people and what kind of response they, they had when there was attacks from the enemy, when, when un things happened that were unfair. It was not fair. Unfair. When they, were, when they loved God, they faced this. And it seemed to the world that God had forgotten them. That that was a bad dream. That Joseph had was a bad dream. It was, it was easy. It could have been very easy for Joseph to say, well, I don't think that was a dream from God. And let it go. But he held on. Hold on. Don't let your present circumstances determine 
whether what God has said to you is true or not. If God has spoken and you know it is God, hold on. Hold on. I said, hold on. The storm was so tempestuous that the Bible says they feared of death. And the boat was being filled with water. It seemed like there was no hope for the future. And then they cried out to the Lord. Hallelujah. It didn't seem like they would make it to the Gadarenes. But when they called on the Lord, sometimes, let me tell you, every born again Christian, do you know that God lives inside you? Do you know God lives inside you? We're letting him sleep. That's a problem. That means we're not connecting with him. We're connecting with our mind most of the time. Before they called on the Lord, they did everything they were taught, every trick they were taught in the business. They certainly had some storms in their life when they went out fishing. And they did everything they were taught by the book. They were not connecting with Jesus. But then came a time they said, we got to connect to Jesus. Connect out of your belly, not out of your mind. Not out of your head. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Connect to the Holy Ghost flow. Connect to the river of the Holy Spirit. And let Him lead you. So that in the midst of when people don't understand you. They're misrepresenting you. They're talking evil about you. They're character assassinating you. They're doing all kinds of evil and hurting you. In the midst of that say, Lord, I don't understand. My heart is broken. You know my heart. It is so painful. Yet, Lord, with tears running down your cheeks, say, I thank you. For I know you will vindicate me. David trusted God to vindicate him. And God vindicated him. Stand to your feet. Just open your mouths and pray now.